Welcome to Flip Your Lid with Kim Honeycutt. Kim is a psychotherapist and executive director of ICU Talks, a mental health speaking ministry. This is a podcast about how to flip your lid and learning how to reconnect to who you really are. Hey, Flip Your Lid audience. Thank you so much for being a part of another episode with us. I have Stuart Watson with me. Now, he's local. He and I live near each other, but I feel like he's like a Hollywood guy. Like this is somebody who has been in TV. He's an investigative reporter. He's gotten three Peabody Awards that I know of. He's been a part of documentaries on HBO. But the most impressive thing is that he wrote a book and has a podcast about being a man who's willing to learn how to listen to women. So we have a round of applause for just that idea of a man listening to a woman. That is <laughs> that is a novel idea. That is brilliant, Derek. That's how low the bar is. That's how low. <laughs> that's it. We're excited. Just for, I just have to takes. shut up. That's all I have to do. <laughs> I have to do. <laughs> Which is too much to ask. <laughs> it is. It's ridiculous. Who are we? So anyway, y'all just heard his voice. So, Stuart, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to do this with me. Are you kidding I can't even let you get through the introduction without interrupting you. Well, there's, there's, I think there's an attention-seeking behavior on both participants' parts right now. <laughs> I, I do think we're going to fight for the spotlight through this whole thing. Oh, it's all you. Okay, it's I like that. You. Keep saying that. Keep it saying is. that. It's all you. Yes, You're thank the you. woman. You That's right. Woman. Thank you. Thank you. You're a good man. Okay, so we know that you have had a very impressive career. And, and I know a little bit about you, but the audience might want a little bit more of the personal history. So can you just tell us, sir, what flipped your lid and what measures have you had to take to reconnect to who you really are? Now, you and I have been through this sort of pre-interview discussion about right. what that meant because yes. I didn't know your terminology. So right. you said flipping your lid is what uh, like peels back all the gray matter Right. Um, which contains my personality and my identity and takes me back to this yellow, uh, some have called it the reptilian brain. Correct. or the, um, I, I call it, uh, you'll love this, Kim, uh, get the beep button ready. It's <laughs> the four Fs, fight, mm -hmm. flight, yep. feed, and then that fourth F that they don't allow me to say. So uh, so your Fs are a little different than mine. Okay, But yours I are. like what you're going. I like where yeah. you're going with this. So I like you it. You probably have faint and freeze in there too. Well, I have fawn. Right? So fawn is the most recently added trauma response. What fawning means is I do something for you to avoid conflict, to please you so that I can feel safe. That's a little advanced for my reptilian Well, let's monkey. not. Let's just act like I didn't say it. Let's not even... Just, okay, because okay. that that um, that requires a little charm. And <laughs> as my father, the alcoholic who met, married, and divorced my mother twice. Oh, that's sweet. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. He was yeah. a romantic. Uh, <laughs> they said of him, uh, a little charm goes a long way, especially for a drunk. <laughs> for a drunk. Uh, but I would argue that that fawning or that, you know, my uh, people-pleasing or mm -hmm, trying to cultivate you yes. or um, trying to keep the bullies in the hallway from mm -hmm. beating, stomping me into the ground by mm -hmm. telling them a joke, yeah. um, that that comes from the gray, that that's still yeah. part of who I am. Yeah. You know, uh, and I think that the, the rutting, uh, you know, the caveman who would club you over the head uh, Kim and drag yeah. you back to his his lair, his mm. uh, cave. That that is part of me too. Gotcha. Um, but I get what you're saying. I like where you're going, and I think there's a just there's so much science in what you're saying. Right. That this is not woo woo. How did you feel about your mother? Let's hold crystals and exactly. You know, this is. This is hard wiring. You're getting right. down to hard wiring. Right. Okay. Super simple. I was disconnected from who I was made to be, God intended me to be, whatever your philosophy mm -hmm. is, because I was 
um, separated from, taken away from my mother, the woman who gave birth to me, mm. on day one, like within minutes, within minutes yeah. of me coming out the chute into this particular incarnation, ta-da! Yeah. The first thing that happened to me was not, I got all the slime wiped off of me and the blood and mm. they, they didn't smack me on the butt or suction, you know, mm -hmm. the mucus out of my nose and I didn't take that first breath <laughs> and then scream. What happened was they did all that and then handed me to a nurse. Yeah. And the nurse took me away. Mm. Now, the more we know about people for whom that happened, um, that is, those infants, sometimes for, we're not going to question the legitimacy of that. Mm -hmm. It could be that infants are taken away from their mother for the preservation of the child's life. Like right. the mother cannot care for this child. The mother cannot mm -hmm. deal or in some cases, the mother is not even, no longer even living, you yeah. know, and the child is separated from the, the, the woman who was the, um, the be all and end all, right? Um, mm -hmm. And so this little bitty baby, me or whoever, knew her smell, mm -hmm. could pick her out of a photo lineup, would look at her picture if you were given a lineup of nice, fun mommies could the eyes would go to the mother who conceived her, knew her voice because had been listening to it mm -hmm. floating around in there and everything for nine months was about i'm gonna go lie on this woman's breast i'm going to uh get milk and sustenance from her breast uh, i i'm going home with her yeah so, right. so it was like head fake, you know, for nine months, you're ready to go with this one. And then it's like, what, what the, what, where am I? Mm -hmm. So any child orphaned foster care, mm -hmm. raised by an aunt, adopted, taken away by, mm -hmm. you know, whoever invading troops or whatever, uh, raised by wolves, you know, uh, th that child begins this incarnation with trauma. That's so right. if you want to know what event flipped my lid, mm. it is the same event that flipped the lids of millions of Americans, yeah. millions. Yeah. And that is that I was separated from my biological mother on day one and the implications of that are is that I began this life with the single most profound trauma mm. uh, that you can imagine, um, more profound than witnessing violence, more profound than experiencing violence. Uh, and that is because it is wired into the brain on day one. Mm -hmm. That experience of falling through space or disconnection or mm -hmm. who am I or where do I belong or why didn't I, uh, there is zero memory of that yeah. except for the memory that is hardwired and encoded into the limbic system. That's right. And that's what, there's a, there's a book, it's a bestseller, it's a New York Times bestseller, it's called The Body Keeps the Score. That's right. Bess, Bessel van der Kolk. Yeah. And um, that is the book which articulates what has been called, um, what do they call it, experiential trauma, or mm -hmm. what it means is that you had something traumatic happen to you before as you were developing memory. Mm -hmm. Like you, you, you don't have any memory memory in the gray matter. Yeah. You can't dial it in and tell you what the room looked like or smelled like or what the sounds were or anything else because there was no, the tape recorder was still being installed. Right. The tape right. recorder was still being built. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the top of the head was mushy. I was a little melon, you know, I was a little mushy melon. And uh, as are we all. Right. And so that uh, the, the uh, skull had not closed. It's mm -hmm. soft on the top. They call it a fontanelle, I believe. Mm -hmm. 
You have kids. I'm not to Noah, but you know I drink uh, a lot. Yeah. So, <laughs> but you we don't know. You've seen little babies. You've seen yes, little babies yes, where you yes. smell their little melon it's heads. Pheromo- and, the pheromones that just yeah. fly through you smell yes, those little and babies, they're, and they're yes. soft on the top. Yes, that's what that's I'm right. talking about. They're yeah, soft on the top. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I love the way you're describing this. It's so descriptive, and I know so many of us can relate to that because we know now scientifically that what happens in the womb matters. That yeah. if screaming is, happens around your mom or she is stressed, it affects you. We know we know the effects of intergenerational trauma. Yes. Right? That we we know that that grandchildren from the Holocaust have yes. PTSD at birth. Right. Yes. We understand all this. So to know that your biological mom made the best decision she can make, it doesn't stop the trauma. And what happens next to you as you right. have to figure out your identity. Right. And there are two distinct things. And I've been working with a small group of adoptees in recovery. We've started a new 12-step meeting. Shut up. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. And, well, they started it. I just went to the first one. And uh, there was a woman who's been on my podcast, Nancy Day, Mm -hmm. was one of the instigators. In the first meeting, she read, uh, like, you know, big chunks of... Um, a book called The Primal Wound, mm-hmm. uh, Nancy Verrier, which introduces yeah. the notion of when you separate a child from its mother, right. you know, there's this wound. And some people don't want to believe it. Then along comes Bessel van der Kolk, mm-hmm. you know, like, okay, do you believe him? Right. You know, right. he's got all the letters. All the letters. And he's a white have, male. So he and got, he's he a white male. Mm-hmm. And he's a man. He's a okay, man, so people it. listened. Let's just talk yeah. about that for a second. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. But Nancy Verrier was you know, right on point. Mm-hmm. And listening to that book mm-hmm. was just hugely triggering for like a couple of us. Yeah. Because it was like, okay, first, there's what happened in the womb. Yeah. There were bathed in this stress soup that my mother's stressed out of her mind. What am I going to do? Why can't I get back to nursing school? My life is over. I'm ruined. My family's not around me. I'm living in this boarding house. I'm isolated and alone. I'm living among strangers. You know, this is yeah. going to hurt. <laughs> this yeah. is going to hurt a lot. And then I'm going to lose the child. You know, I'm a, I'm a slut. I'm going to hell. You know, why did I do this? How could I have been so stupid? That's what I was swimming around in. It was like, right. it's called stress soup. Yeah. Then I'm taken away from her. So first there's the stress soup, then there's the taken away. And so, uh, you know, our, our mutual friend, Tammy Bell, yeah. she said, she said, well, you were just waiting for that first drink, Absolutely. Weren't, you, weren't you? <laughs> you, were, you, were just, you were just primed for the first drink. Absolutely. Like, I spent about 15 years waiting to go, <sighs> Yeah. And then yeah. I got that vodka, Kim, and it was mm-hmm. like, woo, we but we have yeah. found the magic solution. That's exactly we, right. You know, all of a sudden I'm feeling, oh, oh, now I can be who I really am. Now mm-hmm. I can relax. Now my shoulders don't have to be yeah. up around the top of my ears. Right. I don't have exactly. to look like Herman Munster. You know, I can mm-hmm. my shoulders can just relax. Mm-hmm. <sighs> my yeah. diaphragm can fill. I can take deep breaths. I can, you know, man, I can do it all. Now I can fly. I can talk to the girls. I can do everything. Absolutely. So, so does, does that get there? Does that, I mean, oh, that's, and more, and more that yeah. gets there. And there's so much meat to that. And I appreciate your vulnerability in that because, so I know that you, so you're adopted and grew up in an alcoholic home in your adopted home. No, my adopted home was not alcoholic. Okay. My biological father is the one who drank himself to death. Uh, now, sorry. my mom was the adult child of alcoholic, and I never knew it. Okay. So if you want to talk about intergenerational, right. like I saw all the behaviors, hyper, hyper, hyper sensitive about what, what will other people say? What do they think? You know, we have to keep the family secrets. We have to look good. Don't make us look bad. Mm. What will people mm. say and all that? And my sister are like, we don't care. <laughs> we don't care what people say. Why do you care? Right. And the reason she cared was because she was the little girl, the keeper of secrets when her father mm-hmm. was the town drunk. Yeah. So that's the way in the right. in the family of origin that I was raised in. Mm-hmm. But they were, they were very loving people. And no, okay. rarely drank. Very rarely drank. Okay. No. My DNA alcoholism c- 
comes from my biological father. And he and my mother had three kids, myself, my sister, and my brother, all three of us alcoholics. My sister dead at 57, my father dead at 46, my brother not in good health and is right Mm. there at 58 and not in good health at all, like in the ICU earlier this Mm. year. I mean, the consequences of trying to hit it hard you know, yeah. later on. And I'm the one of the four who found long-term recovery. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of a wild card. It I is. How, how, tell me a little bit about your, your final drink, your, your hitting Ugh. bottom. You know, recovery is a miracle. It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that any of us make it. Yeah, it's, it's highly improbable that life occur in the universe. Ask any scientist. It's yeah. just like extremes like how did green trees? I'm looking out my window at green trees. How did that like look at most of the mm-hmm. you know un- universe? Like the farthest reaches of the universe is like we don't see any more trees. We've been looking for a long yeah. time, you know. Yeah. So water, sunlight, an atmosphere, you know, mm-hmm. proteins, all that very unusual and then let alone that you and i be here that's high that's an it's another exponentially level of improbability and then that uh we go through the trauma that we go through and that we not you know eat a gun or not you know drink enough handles of vodka to where i'm gone by now as my father sister you know Mm. as is all that pattern extremely, you know, and I am in the realm of grace. I take no credit whatsoever. And people say, oh, come on, you did something. Oh, come on, you can, you know, take one victory lap. You can take some high fives. You can collect a medallion for 29 years of sobriety. And why don't you be gracious and, you know, and just tell us how you did it, right? We right. go in the rooms and they hand us a medallion. And a, there's a buddy of mine whose name is Jay. And, and Jay, they wanted to give him a one-year chip. They made the mistake of inviting his wife to the one-year celebration. They said, we're going to have a, you know, like a, a birthday cake. And we're going to, you know, hand him a chip and all this. And don't you want to come? And she said, let me get this straight. Jay put us through hell for years and you want to give him a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> and she was she was not up for that. Absolutely not. not. Down. Yeah. She was not down for this. They're, they're like, oh, so you won't be applauding. And it's like <laughs> the people that we put through sheer hell mm-hmm. have have less, you know, sort of empathy for that. But I I think it came through grace. I think yeah. it came through wild, wild love that I do not understand yeah. and that I, to this day, I like tear up mm-hmm. thinking about how, uh, because all I can think about is how undeserving I am of that. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't do anything. I can yeah. tell you the circumstances. I mean, I can tell you the stories, mm-hmm. but I don't know why I, like I have a buddy who died in December Craig Fields. Mm. And I found out this week that the the reason was a fentanyl overdose. Yeah. And I had been telling myself this happy story that, oh, his body just finally got tired of all the relapses and all this. And I adored him. He was like yeah. a big puppy, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was pulling for him big time. And I, you know, there there's no construct, there's no universe, Kim. In which I, in which I, um, you know, I'm sort of good, and Craig Fields wasn't. In right, which exactly. I'm like, I'm noble or better mm-hmm. than, or you know, worked harder or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't, I don't live in that world. Right. I'm just, I'm in the world of I don't know. Why did my father die? At 56, my sister at 57, and I've made it to 63. It's not because I'm good. Right. It's not because 
oh, look at what Stuart did. He went to a bunch of meetings and drank a bunch of bad coffee and, you know, and listened to a bunch of people's shout cliches, you know. Right. I don't think that was it. Right. I think of, I think there was something mystical happening that I do not understand. And I have no, and I don't, I don't even think it's because, you know, my whole Presbyterian predestination and right. I'm not up for that. I'm not yeah. down for that either. Right. You know, right, right. Well, you know, picnic. one thing you said that's so, so crucial in that story is that you said you received. And that's yes. part of it is that when we have that much trauma and shame, we don't know it's okay to receive. We don't know it's okay to have our emotional needs met. And so that to me is part of Hang the on, process. I'm writing that down. You just gave me a freebie. There's a freebie. We don't know it's okay to receive. Yeah. So we have to be an open system to receive. And most of us are closed down because of trauma, because we don't trust. And so you somehow are able to receive. We have to be available mm-hmm. to receive. Yep. To have our emotional needs met. I'm writing it down. All right. Already worth the price of admission. There you go. And the audience had a chance to write that down too. So somehow or another, you you received. And again, to go from being someone who's adopted, who's got the stress soup and everything that's there, and that when you talked about your first drink at 15, when you went, like, I so know that feeling. Right? That's, that's how I describe it to people. You know, when I first got drunk, like it was the answer to everything, everything. And to go from that being open to a different answer, to receiving a different answer. That's an incredible transformation. That's that's, that's a lot of collective change to get there. Yeah. Amen. And you've been there for, for 29 years. Yeah, it's hard to believe. Yeah, it is. It's hard yeah. to believe. And there is a tendency, which is not a healthy one, to focus on the little petty stuff. It's yeah. still lingering. Mm-hmm. And I constantly get encouraged in business life and elsewhere to, will you just, you know, you know all the phrases, let that land. Mm-hmm. Will, you, will you just accept it? Will you just take a moment? Yeah. Will you just, why don't you just celebrate? Just like have your cupcake. Mm-hmm. And um, I have it. Very hard, very, very hard. Mm-hmm. And in a way, it's kind of cheating. It's it's not very nice to God. It's not very nice to the provider of all this not to take the time to say thank you mm-hmm. because it's not like, let's celebrate Stuart. It's more like, let's celebrate what God has done. Let's celebrate what this universe, this life force. And when I say God, I hope that anybody listening, please, please, please substitute um, source or universe or the great mother, the great yeah. mother of us all. Yeah. I like her so much better every day. Yeah, that's um, good. Great mom. Big mama. Yeah. Can yeah. we please, you know, you know, whether it's Mother Earth or the, I think it's the mother of the whole universe, mm-hmm. you know, mothers give birth, you know. Right. Fathers, in my experience, kind of absent. <laughs> I, have, I have a hard time praying to our father. Yeah. Because they're kind of there and then gone. Whereas the mother, in my mind, at least the mom, is not absent, less likely to be absent. Yeah. She is, she not only gives birth <laughs> to all things she nurtures all things mm. nourishes all yeah. things yeah. you know loves all things never gives up yeah you know she mama tried you yeah. know she's she never she's the last to give up mm-hmm. so i want that on the cosmic level i don't want the father who gets mad gets drunk and gets gone <laughs> right exactly. i want mama who's always there, who's, yeah. who's a constant. Yeah, in the, the healing, in what you're saying, that, that you're letting it be something that heals, knowing that you live within your mother for nine months and then you're taken away and to allow God, who is all gender and no gender, non-binary and a loving mother and nurturing, just that key word you said, nurturing. So tell me a little bit about your 
journey of being healed with women, being able to be married, learning to listen to women, and and about your healing process with that? No, I don't think I'm there. <laughs> My wife's not all happy with me, and there. are <laughs> A lot of women in my life are <laughs> profoundly unhappy. Um, but the long and the short of it is, there's a guy in recovery who says, I have mommy issues. And I said, no, you're confusing mommy issues with never had a mommy. <laughs> you know, like didn't know my mother right, issue. Right, yeah. So I do think there's something in there about never knowing who my mother was. But my mom, I... I do not in any way wish to tarnish her memory because I got along with her great, loved her. Mm -hmm. She was my biggest fan and I was her biggest fan next to my dad. Yeah. And so I got along with them great and I had this healthy home, but we didn't know at the time what kind of trauma we were dealing with, Mm -hmm. you know, on behalf of these kids because the notion was is that you get these kids and they're like a blank slate. And still a lot of people say that. Mm-hmm. But there's something about not knowing who your mother was. And there's also something about, and I'll I'll get to the women because women absolutely surround me and sustain me. I mean, everywhere <laughs> from therapist to business coach to, you know, it's just like, it's kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, marketing, you know, people that surround me, friends. That's great. Um you know, uh, to have a friendship with women in the in our latter years, in which um, there is zero sexual mm-hmm. overtone. Yeah. Um, maybe that's you know, like turning 60 and where it's not really, like it's not as much of a, it's just like the (laughs) hormones have so died down that it's not, but it's difficult to articulate. Like yesterday I was having a conversation with a woman about, um, you know, we call these masculine and feminine spirits like the yin and yang. And she was telling me something about Shiva and Shakti. Mm. So you've got yin-yang, which would be like Japan, China, Buddhism. And then Shiva Shakti would be uh, Hinduism, Mm -hmm. you know, India, more, you know, more the Asian subcontinent. Um, But still, you've got this Eastern notion of these balancing things. And in the West we assign them genders. And what what we're really talking about is kind of forces, I guess. Mm. Um, so like speaking and silence. And that goes to what you're talking about. Um, that, you know, men complain that women talk all the time and then go back and check the record. <laughs> like just go and just like record a boardroom meeting. Okay. Right, exactly. you, Good point. Let's, Good let's point. record a congressional hearing. Okay. Yes. And, a, yes. and, and accept the genders people assign themselves in mm-hmm. those yeah. boardrooms or in those. And I'm sorry, you know, men have dominated the conversation forever. As I'm dominating this one, you're letting me. You're, you're supposed to this time. You, you've you're set supposed me to. Up. <laughs> you so. proved your point. You proved your point. <laughs> <laughs> no, you proved my point. Well, good. I'm I, the smart one then. Good. You are the smart one. There's just no question. I've been outsmarted again. And so the premise of my podcast was that a few years back, I said, I'm going to try a podcast and I'm going to try to learn to listen to women. Mm. And so the transcription software that I use, it's automated. So it's really simple. You take the Zoom call, you dump it over into uh, Otter, and Otter automatically, it's AI, it automatically transcribes it and does about a 90%, you know, 90, 95%. It does pretty well. And then they do this annoying thing, Kim, 
At the top, they say Speaker One spoke for X percent of the time. Oh, that's amazing. And because it knows my voice, it says Stuart spoke for this percentage of the conversation. And I have to go back and have my editors like put the thumb on the scale to get it down because in my podcast, the premise is to listen to the woman. Mm. Mm. And the premise is I have a different woman every week. It's called In Her Words Podcast. And it's available on Spotify and everywhere else. Uh, Apple. You, you, You get to see right there in the transcript. It's, it's just, this is just science. It's just math. It's just counting seconds and words. And, um, I can see the conversation. So earlier this week, I'm, I want to do business with this woman. Brilliant. Who's a marketing specialist, right? I'm, I'm trying to work on a company that actually makes money. So I, I talked talk to this woman and for our first conversation is on Zoom. Mm-hmm. And we talked for an hour. And at the end of it, it says, Stuart talked for 53% of the time. And I'm like, that's a problem. That like, if you're going to be my consultant, right, right. what the hell am I doing talking for? And she said, relax, it was our first meeting. And so yeah. then we met in person. Thank God we didn't record it because I probably talked for about 70% of the time. So it's a, it's a, it's a real thing, mansplaining, mm-hmm. men-dominating mm-hmm. conversation, mm-hmm. men redirecting the conversation to themselves. Yes. And the thing is, uh, you know, the great irony is, and, you know, someday I'll write a book and make a million dollars saying this. If you want to make a million dollars, like if you want to make the sale, right. or if you want to get laid, or if you want to increase your status yeah. within an organization, shut the hell up. Yeah. yeah. Make it about Kim. Right. Say it, say that again. Make it about who? Kim. That's right. It everyone, is all everyone about get Kim. that. Everybody get that. This about it me. It is all about Kim. So glad we cleared time. this up. I'm glad we cleared this up. You get me, Stuart. This is it wonderful. It is all Kim all the time. Amen. Amen to this. And a woman to this. <laughs> <laughs> a women. That's right. Yeah, so so there's there's some hitting bottom in something, right? Because you don't get to a point, you're like, okay, I need to stop speaking. I need to listen. I need to take this in and learn. And this is part of your healing process. But also something had to happen that propelled you to this amazing podcast in her own words. In is her it, words. Right, in, in her, her words, words. Three words. In her words in podcast. Her words. So did this is this like something between you and your wife that just kind of hit you? Yes. Did she hit um, you is probably a better question. No, she doesn't hit. She gets really quiet. She gets uh, really silent. I would mm-hmm. rather be hit. Yes. Um, I took, uh, I'm a sucker for any test which reveals something. It could be Myers-Briggs. It could mm-hmm. be the Enneagram. I love the Enneagram. Pre- yeah. I love to learn about myself. Yes. You know, yes. Strengths, weaknesses, Gallup strength finders, all of it. Yeah. I'm down for all of it. I've done right. it all. Yeah. You know, the back pages of Cosmo, I would do those <laughs> tests no matter what, no matter what. I just flip straight to those. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I took something called the DISC assessment, which mm-hmm. is widely used in business. Right. I've also taken the personality assessment inventory. And the DISC assessment, it said, you are an empathic listener. Mm. And I showed that to my bride of 40 years, almost 40. We've been together 42, been married almost 39. Mm. And she said, she said, sweetheart, you are not an empathic <laughs> listener. And my three daughters all are like, what are they kidding me? Wow, empathic listener. I got you empathic listener. Yeah. Um, and so I concluded one of three things is true. Mm. I am not an empathic listener and mm-hmm. I need to learn to be one. I really am an empathic listener. And as I like to say, a prophet is without honor in his own home. That, That's right. You know, you're not That's getting right. any credit yeah. or, and this is more probable. I'm a pretty good empathic listener, except at home. Gotcha. It's the, yeah. you know, the, the cobbler's 
children have no shoes or, yes. you know, the, yeah. the, 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 the last people to get good, good medical care are the doctor's kids. Right. You know, they That's can right. wander around with right. a broken exactly. arm or whatever. Yeah. And the doctor yeah. never even notices because he's used it all out there at the office. Right. And I think that's probably true is that I yeah. I spend my days interviewing people and now mm -hmm. interviewing more women mm -hmm. and I don't have anything left. I'm not applying the same skills yeah. when I'm talking to the single most important person right. ever in my whole life, right. including my mom, including my mother. And that is, and the woman who, and the person, the human, who will be with me more hours mm -hmm. than anyone else in this yeah. life. Yeah. And, and who, you know, I, you know, I, I just, by, by definition, she is the most important person. Mm -hmm. And, and yet I'm treating her uh, in terms of respect and airtime, actually listening <laughs> skills. I'm treating her the worst. Well, like what's up with that? Yeah, well, I'll give you another layer of that, and I'm glad you came to that conclusion because it's very insightful. But also, you know, we do what's called compulsion repeat, which means that we generally marry somebody that ca causes us to repeat our childhood patterns, mm. which means we play out our wounding. And so I can spend nine to 10 hours a day being a therapist and listening and mentalizing with my patients, but I, my wife tells me I'm not the best listener, that my attention span is very short when I'm home. Mm. So, and part of that has to do with once I'm home, once I'm with her, my childhood patterns come out. My mm. wounding comes out. Mm. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm going to have to mull on that yeah, because I, you've, you've entered, you've officially entered you know, you've given me a topic for my therapist next week. Excellent. Yes. Um, because I'm all, I'm always learning, mm -hmm. which is to say I'm always hitting my head on something. Yeah, which is good. And as they say, pain's the cutting tool or pain is the price of admission or mm -hmm the full Reinhold Niebuhr serenity prayer, which nobody knows mm -hmm. after. Right. It's a and great wisdom, prayer. And, and the, as the wisdom to know the difference, mm -hmm. everybody stops. Right there. And the rest of it is living one day at a time, you know, something one moment at a time, enjoying one mm -hmm. moment at a time. Like each moment is delicious. Mm -hmm. Enjoy mm -hmm. that moment. Right. Don't let the past or future enjoy, relish that moment. Mm -hmm. enjoying one moment at a time. And then the next line is accepting hardships as the pathway to peace. Yeah. In other words, when you hit your head, when your wife's not speaking to you, when she's sleeping on the downstairs couch, hmm. um, that it's hard to realize in that moment that this isn't the pathway to divorce. This is the pathway to peace. Yeah, yeah. And I think of it as, Oh my God, she's leaving me. I'm going to be abandoned again. See, there you go. This is what people do. They abandon mm -hmm. you. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm such a victim. What did mm -hmm. I ever do? Mm -hmm. and sure. Instead, it's like if I say the full Reinhold Niebuhr serenity prayer, it's I'm accepting that, okay, last night she got up and slept on the couch. Mm -hmm. um, this is the pathway. So what's my lesson? Mm -hmm. Like, this, but this is the way. The obstacle is the way, say the Stoics. This is the way to peace. Right. I'm being shown. Yeah. Like, if you want to pay attention to how to get peace, pay attention to the pain you you had, Stuart, when you hit your head. Yeah, exactly. Because that's the way. There's, yeah. there's All growth is that way. Like, right. it's directing you. Like, they say, it's kind of like when the doctor says, what hurts? It's like the therapist ought to say, okay, what hurts? Mm -hmm. What hurts this week? Because yeah. whatever's aching, mm -hmm. that's what we're going to work on. Yeah. So let me, me you, you know, what I want to work on is a, is a cookie. I want to work on a pint of Ben and right, Jerry. Right. That's what I want to work on. Yeah. I want to work on Pornhub. That's what I want to work on. <laughs> you know, I don't want to work on 
the thing that hurts. I want right. to right. let's make it feel good. Let's yeah. make something feel good. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And the behavior underneath the behavior is is the core wound, right? That's the connection wound. And but we have all these adaptive parts that come out right. that cover up that pain. And we think that's our adult self. We think that's our wise self. And that's the work. Yeah. And when you say adaptive, like I think they're gradations. And I think, you know, Pornhub is better than fentanyl. Um, right. But that doesn't mean it's good. Yeah, it's a great you know, justification. And a, and a pint of Ben and Jerry's is better than a pint of vodka. Right. But that doesn't mean it's good. Right. Nor does that it mean it's healthy. And a pint of Ben and Jerry's is not going to get me to peace. Mm-hmm. It's it's not even, you can probably tell yeah. me about this, yeah. it's not even going to get me to homeostasis. Right. That's correct. Because It's just no- a distraction. This is mm-hmm. like, I need to go to the IRS and instead I went to Disney World. Yeah. You know, that's what it is. Yeah. There's nothing in the world wrong with Disney World. It's just IRS is still going to be there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. After yeah. Disney World, it's just gonna it's just gonna be worse. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's fascinating, and I, I love how introspective you are. I I do want to ask you, like, how how'd you get involved with TV? What was your? Just give me like a synopsis of that. Like, what was your path? Because it's, it's not the most common path. It's really, it's really, you've done great work. And so how'd you get there? I was waiting tables at Dalt's where the, parenthetically, it's a, it's a diner, used to uh-huh. be affiliated with TGI Fridays in Nashville, Tennessee. And um, the people from Channel 4, from WSMB used to come down the hill and have lunch. And I said, can an English major get an internship there? And they said, you can work as much as you want for free. Yeah. And I said, oh boy. <laughs> And so I went up there and the rest is history. If I'd have lived down the street from the, the Nashville, Tennessean, I'd probably mm-hmm. be a, a print reporter. Right. But yeah. Something about TV. Yeah. It was a lot more exciting. There were lights and camera and beautiful people. And mm-hmm. you were always like screaming up on the scene of one thing or another. And it just seemed it was kind of like showbiz on the cheap. You know, I could have been an actor, but I wound up here. Right. Um, Right. So that was it. That was it. I was. That's amazing. I'm glad you said that. You did. It's a thousand percent ego too. (laughs) There's no shortage of. There's no shortage of ego. We we might not. You know, it's it's no anchorman. I'm kind of a big deal. That's very true. That's spot on. That's not satire. That's true. I'm kind of walking around with a big thought bubble over my head, saying. I'm kind of a big deal. Uh, I love that. So my wife and I were watching the HBO special, The, the Way Down. Yes. And about Gwen Shamblin. And uh, if I said that her name correctly, and we were watching that and just intrigued, partly because of how we have now been treated in the church with us being gay. Very uh, similar, right? Very similar of the expectations. You have to be a certain person and look a certain way. You're no longer allowed in a church, right? So we're watching around the time that we have faced incredible discrimination in the church. And then you were on there. And I was like, that's Stuart. I know him. <laughs> and now I'm like, that's my best friend. That's Stuart. Right? <laughs> All right. But well, I am was, your best friend. Yeah, we are best friends. Yeah. And so, but it was fascinating. And, and just is anything about that, like being a part of that investigation, especially how season one ended. Like, yeah. you can't write a better, I know it's horrible, but you can't write a better script in right. the sense of what's next, right? So anyway, can you speak into that? Sure. Um, I'm not an expert on that particular church. Right. I don't know. It's It was like a cult of personality, but yes. I don't know if it's a cult. I don't know the definition of a cult. I'm not a cult expert. Right. Um, I What I knew about, was the way in which religious institutions are perverted. Um, So a religious institution is nothing more. A church, what I told them that put me on the series, Hmm. on the phone, which I didn't ask to be on the series. As a matter of fact, I asked not to be on the series. (laughs) And they said, no, we want you. And I said, you want my friend Phil Williams? Is it WTVF, the CBS Nashville station? I said, he's the one who's actually interviewed, investigated, spent years. 
has boxes and boxes and boxes of documents mm-hmm. about Gwen Shamlin. He's the right. one who knew, you know. Right. And uh, he couldn't talk to them on camera for the first part, and so they had to settle. And uh, okay. here's what I told them. A church is not a little white building with a cross on top. Mm. I said, a church is a black box you pour money into and out of. Mm. And and they loved that. Yeah. I said, because if you're the American Cancer Society or Susan G. Komen or the Mm -hmm. Billy Graham ministry even, then you have to file more paperwork, which is the public can see, than if you're a church. So, and so all I did was say, Hey, if you give money to Gwen Shamblin's whatever, House of Gwen, you don't know where the money comes from and you don't know where it goes. Right. Because you're going to get me on a soapbox, but uh, there's nothing about a nonprofit and a nonprofit religion that says this is good. You know, like these are the good guys. And there's nothing inherently evil about a for-profit like a mom and pop business that puts right. food on the table. Right. It's not like one's evil and one's good. Mm-hmm. It's just one of them, you can hide money a lot better. <laughs> you know, if you, if, you call your, if you call your family a church, then you can certainly hide money from the public and everyone mm-hmm. else mm-hmm. because the money that goes in and then the money that goes out. And, you know, so you can form a church. Anybody can form a church. But I want to go back and say, it hurts my heart when I hear the way you and your wife were treated. And I'll just go right now and just, I just need to say this. Jesus would never, Mm -hmm. ever, Mm -hmm. ever, ever, ever do that. And the words Jesus is going to have is not for Kim and her wife. Mm -hmm. It's going to be for anyone who looked askance at you, mm-hmm. certainly in his name, complete antipathy. You know, I like to think how he would assemble disciples today in his little recruiting mission. Right. And I just see sort of the United Colors of Benetton. I see, I see drag queens and trans, mm-hmm. and yeah. I just see this incredibly you know, let's face it, colorful, you know, yeah. rainbow of people around him. Yeah, absolutely. Or her. Yeah. See Jesus yeah. come back as a her. That'll be a real, that'll be a real game changer. <laughs> when they realize yeah. Jesus was a woman and has been co-opted by the patriarchy. Write the novel, Kim. Write it. There you uh, go. Listen, I've already written fiction. I've already written one book. We're going to talk about that on your podcast. When I get to be yes, on your podcast, yes, we are. Right? Okay, got to gonna, get you on the schedule. Got to get on that schedule. But I, but no, I, I appreciate the fact that you're so loving and open, and and you know, if, you know, we're an amazing church now. I'm part of the teaching team at a church called Wonderful. Watershed. Like it's it's it all still worked oh, cool. out. Yeah, it all still worked out because we refuse to be victims, right? We refuse to believe what we were be, what's being said to us, and so I think that's all part of it, even going back to your trauma of, of your your true abandonment as a child, mm-hmm. we have to figure out what we want to believe about ourselves. And you have yes. done something in this of believing that you are worthy, right? And I, you know, and I get the whole thing of like, why am I sober and have a great life and other people die from, from alcoholism? I don't have an answer to that. I just know that you and I have the same mind frame around because we're here, that we're here to take care of ourselves and from that place, take care of other people. And I just think you've added so much to so many people's lives. And, and it's just amazing to see that you have gone beyond your trauma. Um, I'm writing again, because we're here, we're here to take care of ourselves and others. Yeah. And I think a lot of people get this twisted. So since since we're on Jesus, you said church, I said Jesus. Right. So there are the quotations which scholars are mixed on, and then there are the quotations which they're like, yeah, we think that's pretty accurate. Right. And uh, one, 
I mean, to me, the core one is love one another as I've loved you. Mm -hmm. In other words, I've modeled how to love and be loved. Right. Like I've shown you by example. It's not because I preached a bunch of sermons and gave right. you some memes to go yeah. with, you know, yeah. Yeah. for your, for your, for your TikTok. <laughs> gave, gave you some fun memes for your TikTok. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. It's because I modeled it. I lived with right. you guys. You guys know me. And, and so you've seen it and you've mm -hmm. felt the love that we shared, yeah. you know, as sisters and brothers. And, and so go out and mm -hmm. spread that. And so the, the love your neighbor is yourself, the so-called golden rule. So my neighbor, when I lived over near Raleigh, to take his dog to mm. to poop on my lawn mm. and um and i never really called him on it but you could like look out the window and, and he would like walk his dog over to our house well in my case i will pick up the poop off my neighbor's lawn yeah. but not off my own lawn so i'm loving my neighbor right, more it. than i'm loving myself right. and that's impossible right. i can't really do that like you can't what the the book uh the big book says is uh you know i just went blank but it's 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 like we can't right. transmit yeah. something we haven't got that's what it says you can't transmit so if you can't look in the mirror i asked a woman on my podcast once she was talking about trauma and trauma work and everything and talking about working with these women and turning to the woman in the circle and saying, I love you and you're beautiful and you're worthy. And I said, have you ever looked in the mirror and mm. done that? And she said, mm. no. Yeah. And I was just quiet. And she said, is there a question? And I had a question. And Kim, I didn't have the courage to ask. And it was, yeah. what would happen if you did? What's keeping Like, you? what's yeah. keeping you from looking mm -hmm. yourself in the eye and saying, yeah. I love you. I love you. Mm -hmm. God loves you. Other people love you. So yeah. you let that land yeah, that's right. person in the mirror. And so, so often we have this jacked up notion that's really toxic. And I think it's masculine mm -hmm. toxic, I'm sorry to say. And that is people who put a little sticker on their mirror that mm. says you're looking at the problem yeah, just breaks my heart because if that, what that's telling me in early recovery yeah. is you're not worth saving. Yeah, you might as well drink. And I'm, what I want to say is you're yeah. looking at God. Yeah. That's what you're looking mm -hmm. at. Look into that eye, look deeply into that eye. Yeah. So namaste. Yeah. The light in yeah, me good. sees the light in you. Well, do you see the light in you? Like, can you look in the mirror and not right. say, God, I'm fat? Can you look in the mirror, look in the eye and say, I see mm -hmm. divinity within me. And yeah. I still have a hard time, Kim. I have a very hard time because yeah. I say, God, I'm fat. Instead of saying, right. God's in there, yeah. the same as it's in Kim, the same as it's in the small Chinese girl yeah. who's yeah, asleep right. right now. The same as it is mm -hmm. in the small, you know, and same as it is in the, mm -hmm. in, the, in the big African man yeah. who is yeah. asleep right now. You know, yeah. God is in, God is in right. each and every one, and it does not diminish God to be in each and every one, yeah. it amplifies. It makes it so much the bigger miracle because I'm part of something really big. It's it's, it's not a comparison. It's, it's a relating, connected, They're connected to each other. Like you're, I love the word amplify, right? That God's amplified inside of us, and that does not make God small. We it makes God the right size, which is can fit in all of us, especially the marginal, not Correct. especially, but Especially when the marginalized to know that God lives within you too. Yeah, you know, I want to say one thing, yes. and we'll start wrapping this up. You reminded me of something that in the beginning of my recovery, be reminded 
being told to put a post note on the mirror that says, you are wrong. Because the voices in my head, the adaptive parts in me were always, the way of protecting me was to come against me and keep me separate from me. In recovery, in the trauma work, is about being connected to self. And then never think I'm the problem. It's the idea of knowing that I'm wrong about how I feel about myself. And to really true to learn how God within me means that I'm more than okay with who I am. And I think people interacting with you and spending time with you, Stuart, that they get to feel that, that they are more than okay. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I hope so. I hope, I hope, I hope so. I hope they know that. I, I don't think I'm bad and wrong and I push, push back against all that. I think that I have factually inaccurate. I have a, I have a, distorted view of myself i I don't think it's because i'm i'm bad and wrong i'm Mm -hmm. i have this inaccurate i do i have the inability to see things clearly that's been that's been distorted by the reaction to trauma not the trauma itself but the reaction to carryover effect yeah and the right. the story that I told, because the the story I told was, if my mother loved me so much, why would yeah. she give me away? Like, how could I right. have been such a precious thing if she would give me away? Um, and instead, the story is, how did God love me so much to be able to yeah, shepherd true. me through? Yeah, it's good. And nourish yeah, me. It's about us going from our this. old story to our new story. And at times the old story comes back in, but the new story is so there for you. Yeah, which is, yeah, it's so perfect. All right, I'm going to put you in the hot seat. Thank you for everything you share. I'm going to put you in the hot seat. Okay. I'm a therapist. That's what we do to people. I'm going to ask you a few simple questions. Yes, I just did Really? It is that see, what you do? See how I flow? Okay. Uh, All right, you're in the hot yeah. seat. Whatever comes okay. to mind first yeah. is your answer. All right, ready? Okay. What surprises people the yes. most about you? Surprises people. Sometimes <laughs> people say, you're funny. You're funny. All right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like it comes as a surprise. <laughs> you're funny. It's like them saying, wow, you're walking upright. Like they're surprised. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're funny. Right, so what surprises you the most about you? <laughs> I'm funny. No, <laughs> um, that you're walking upright. Uh, uh, well, yeah. When I just to this day, I think mm-hmm. you see a yeah. very different person than I see um, because people say uh, mm-hmm. you're amazing or whatever, and I'm like, yeah, no, I don't think so. You know, yeah, I get it, but. but yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, well, have I, mean, I have a honestly, hard time. Honestly, I'll jump back in really for a second. Time. That's part of us getting through trauma is trying to get congruent. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, love that. More I'm going to charge you. I say one more smart thing, week. I'm charging you. This is, this is as far as it goes. <laughs> I was That's trying right. to get congruent. That's next week's episode, That's everybody. next week's, All right, yeah. hey, what's your favorite binge or yeah. show? Lately, uh, my wife and I watched The Outlaws on Amazon Prime, mm. and we watched it all the way through, and it is yeah. a ton of fun. It, it is awesome. a ton of fun. Outlaws. All right, the Outlaws right. last question. Amazon when Prime. you hear, from now on, flip your lid, what are you going to think about? Um, how to... Uh, be proactive in calming those triggers. Like I'd flip my, it's the same as saying I'm triggered that I have to Mm -hmm. have a cup of tea or go out and breathe deeply, do a little, you know, that I have to be aware of the, the moment and like stop living in the, um, just my brain screaming all the time. That's really good. Get quiet. Thank you. Thank you for what you brought to the table today. Oh my God, this has been so much fun. This has been 
This has been this is therapy. two this hours has been of fun. So thank you. And y'all check the notes today to see how you can connect to him on social media and other ways and check out his book. We'll have the title of his book in our show notes as well. So thank you all for listening today. And I have no doubt, listen to Stuart today, you've heard something to help you reconnect to who you really are. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Flip Your Lid with Kim Honeycutt. Please subscribe, rate, and share. You can find Kim on Facebook or Instagram at KB Honeycutt. To get an autographed copy of Kim's book, visit butyourmotherlovesyou.com. Remember, no matter what, treat yourself well today.